Okay, so, hi, it's so good. Oh, this is gonna be, I'm gonna get dizzy. Um, so good to be here this morning through worship. It was really great. Then I had to run out and go into, I found myself in the decor room. I was like, um, I was jumping and shaking because I had like so much energy moving through my body. I'm so excited to be here, but I've calmed down a little bit and I've done some squats. So I came back in feeling a lot better. <laughs> It's real. There's, there's tools that we have to move energy out of our body. So we can all do this. Um, okay, so today we continue our yearly Christmas or Advent series. Advent, I even have slides, you guys. This is awesome. Advent is a time to intentionally slow down. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, now. Uh, we, we did the 60 seconds, good job this morning, um, to recall and rejoice in the story of Jesus coming into being when hope, peace, and love took on flesh and bone. The word, this is just a few scriptures, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And then the one that we always know, in the season. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. He came into this world and he is coming into our world today. He came in the flesh and he poured out his spirit. This month, we prepare our hearts and lives to attune to and experience God, experience Emmanuel, God with us in each moment of this Christmas season. But that's not so easy. To do that, our cadence must be his. Not our pace, not the culture's, but his. Which is why we've been reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Or maybe you still need to read it, or you've listened to it. There's so many options to do with this book. But this is why we're reading this. We want to read this together and to begin to just look at our lives and the pace that we are at. So this, uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, or as I like to call it, I've kind of renamed it, the cruel and savage eradication and abolishment of the hustle, scramble, and rush of life. <laughs> nice, huh? Because this book is challenging, and it's somewhat offensive, but so revealing and exposing of where the pace of my life is, where the pace of our lives are. But then so are Jesus' words in Matthew um, we've been using in this season. It's Matthew out of the message translations. translation. Um, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll, live, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Freely and lightly. Okay, that's the goal. Especially in a very full Christmas season where we are tempted to be going, doing, buying, being at more things than is possible, to live beyond our limitations and push into a pace that is out of rhythm with Jesus. In Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, the author, John Mark Comer, invites us to look at and embrace our limits rather than constantly pushing past them. He says, 
think about Genesis, the opening book in the library of scripture, our defining narrative says that we're made in the image of God, but also we're made from the dust. Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust to the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Image and dust. To be made in the image of God means that we're rife with potential. We have the divine's capacity in our DNA. We're like God. We were created to image his behavior, to rule like he does, come over here, to gather up the raw materials of our planet and reshape them into a world for human beings to flourish and thrive. It's amazing. I mean, come on, let's go, let's dream. Let's, let's do the, all the impossible. And I thought about like, let's buy a 40,000 square foot building and renovate it. We can do this. Yeah, let's do it. But then there's more to this story. We're also made from the dust. As Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3.20, all come from dust and to all dust return, and to dust all return. Image and dust, potential and limitations. One of the key tasks of our discipleship to Jesus is living into both our potential and our limitations. There's so much focus right now in our culture about reaching our full potential. It seems like everyone has a personal trainer. We all are on these strict um, eating regimens. We want a life coach because we want to reach our maximum potential for, or output. And I'm all for it within reason. Step out, risk it all, have faith, chase the dream. I mean, we all have those dreams in our hearts. We wanna build into the future, but not if living to your best self or fully alive, as we like to say around here quite a bit, means pushing into performance, comparison, competition, rather than the outflow of your relationship with Jesus. We can go from God awakening us to live for more of who we are and what we were created for to a self-help, you know, like I'm just living my best life out here that we can get there really fast where the outcomes are based what I can do rather than what God wants to pour into me and then out of that place flow out. So I've, I, with reading this book, I really felt and um, John, John Mark, I'll just call him, pretend like I'm really close with him. Um, he says that sometimes we don't talk enough about this in the church of accepting our limitations. I mean, who wants to talk about accepting our limitations? We were made in God's image, but from the earth, the dust. God built into us this reality that we are not div divine or immortal, but we are the containers for him. It says in 2 Corinthians, you know, that we are jars of clay, that we are formed by him to be used by him. And so in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, it does say, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's us. To show that the past, surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We can hold it, but it's not ours. We're just out. He can move in and through us. In the book, it says... Um, we live in a culture that wants to transgress all limitations, to cheat time and space, to be, 
to be like God, to watch every new film, listen to every podcast, read every new book, go to every concert, drive every, drive every road trip, travel to every new country because we love those stamps in our passport, eat at every new restaurant, befriend every new face, fix every problem in society, rise to the top of every field, win every award, make every list of who's who. Sheesh. <sighs> and we do. That's real. We, we all want that. And now I'm exhausted. We don't want to accept our limitations. But we find God's will for our lives in our limitations. How are you all doing? It's okay. We'll, we'll get there. We have learned to fight our limitations or push against them rather than, than embrace them as healthy. We have limits. Now I'm gonna have you all repeat after me. We can all say it together. Say, we have limits. Good job, good job. We simply, simply can't read, see, watch, taste, drink, experience, be, or do it all. It's not an option. And in the book he talks about, um, I mean, we were created with built-in limitations that the Lord has created. So I'm just gonna, he talked about nine different ones. There's so many more, but um, I just wanted to um, talk through a few of them. So our bodies, they are a limitation. We cannot be in two places at once. I wish we could, it would be so helpful. Our bodies are aging, our, the, the clock is ticking. Not, you know, we can't, <laughs> do any surgery or get any lotion that's gonna help the aging process. We're trying, but, um, and we just won't live forever. The second thing that I wanna share that's a limitation is our minds. We have limited capacity to how much information that we can take in and process. And then I know some of you are like so much smarter, I don't even know how to say it, than me. Like I have a limit to, to my capacity and there's some of you that can think really deep thoughts and I just sit and nod and I'm like, oh Jesus, help me. Um, so our minds are a limitation. I love my mind. We're all good. Uh, personalities and emotional wirings. Of course, we know some of us are, are introverts. Some of us are extroverts and we all don't have the same capacity. And this is where we have to, well, with all these limitations, comparison becomes very real where they're like, well, she can do that. Why can't I? Or they do that. Then I want to do that. So this is where we have to be very careful with comparison because none of us are the same and we have different limits. And then our seasons of life and responsibilities some of you are in college. Some are raising little ones. Some are caring for dying parents. In some seasons, we have very little to give away. And that's okay. We just have to embrace them. And as he shared in the book, and I, I was like, ooh, this is good. He, um, he says, as a parent, he says my kids, but I, my kids are a limitation in my life. So he calls them limitation one, limitation two, limitation number three. And I'm like, I have a limitation number four. I have four limitations that just are what they are. And this is not bad. Kellen, I love you. You're not, I don't see you as a negative limitation. But the, my kids, they cost me a lot of time, energy, attention. So as parents, this is okay, but we have to accept, yeah, we have limitations. 
So what if these limitations aren't something to fight, but to gratefully accept? Ooh, acceptance, mm, it's hard. So life is a series of choices, of course. Every yes is a thousand no's. Every activity we give our time to is a thousand other activities we can't give our time to. We have to learn to say no. I know we talk about this. I, I don't think this is all new information for you guys, but we know that no is a full sentence. Maybe we should all try and say that together. No. Good job. Good job for getting practice. So we have to practice saying yes to less and no a bit more. Okay. Okay. I mean, don't all start saying no for everything. Um, but when we say yes, when we say yes to too many things, this is just me personally. I take this as who I am. But we, I end up overhurried, overwhelmed, short with people, um, frustrated. I'm not my best self. You can tell, you can ask my husband and my kids and the team. I get, it's very stressful. I don't like myself. And then we want to start blaming others. Well, they've done this. Well, they made me do this. You know, we want to become the victim of all these things. And we start pointing fingers. And then really what comes back is like, who's done this? And we have to go, oh, it's me. I'm the one who said, has said yes to too many things. So we do it to ourselves. When we acknowledge that we have overextended ourselves and we then take the time to look at our lives, our priorities, and what the season of your life can hold, what we can and can't do should become clear. So this is where we go, okay, Jesus, I need to get quiet before you. What is possible for me in this season? I'm not gonna think about a year later. I'm right here, right now. What do you want? And then when that happens, I really believe that our lives will become more enjoyable and we'll be happy people that people wanna be around. And two th things I briefly want to address, I kind of, yeah. Um, and again, I feel like we all know this, but the reason, you know, like, why can't we say no? Why are we a society that just overcommits, says yes to everything, and we're running around frazzled? And man, I could, we could sit together and we could all come up with a hundred different reasons. But today I just wanna say, we just don't wanna disappoint people. It's really, really hard when we go, oh, because we know that my limits, when I know what my limits are, they will then affect you negatively or positively. And then your limits will affect me. And then you'll be able to say, yes, I can do that. I'll be like, yes, you're amazing. Thank you so much. But if you say no to me, I, I am then responsible to go, okay, they can't do that. It's okay. I can be okay here. It takes a lot of maturity. Um, and so that our, our limits will affect each other and it will cause some friction, frustration, annoyance in the relationships that are around our lives. And then the other thing I just briefly want to say, I know, I don't think this is what you're hearing from me, but um, because about sharing with limits, I just had to give like a little brief thing of saying, um, just because I'm talking about this, 
I don't want you to hear me say, okay, now everyone, we should all go quit our jobs and stop all the responsibility. Okay, we all know that. Like we are adults, we have responsibilities, we have jobs, and that will be a limit in our lives. But I, please don't be like, oh, Kate says we should all quit. And, and then you're just roaming around Medford. Oh, I can't take the pressure. But we can and we should choose to say no to some of the extra things, I think out here, I see it out far, things that I've said yes to, I need to say no instead because I want to protect the things that I do say yes to. I want my yes to be like, no, I want to say yes and I want to full up show, you know, fully and not be like uh, grumbling as I've now said yes. And this is like a big deal, I think, within the church, right? People always are like, oh, will you do this? Because we're going to ask for things. You guys, it's okay to say no. It is. And then I'll have to deal with that if I don't have people in the nursery. But um, I'm just kidding. I do, I, I oversee the kids. It's so good. I love being in there with your adorable children. Um, but this is, but this is a real thing. Because within, I think the church, people are like, oh yes, I have to say yes. No, here at Living Waters, we are okay with you saying no. We are. Full, like, please, you can test us. Um, so when we accept and embrace our limits, it will have a direct correlation to the pace of our lives. It will slow us down, which is not normal in our culture. In order to begin adjusting our pace, we have to have counter habits to wage war against what John Mark talks about, hyper-living. It's a skimming along the surface of life. We're just like, boom, 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 you know, all up here. And referring back to Ryan's message last week, if you did not get to listen to it, it was really, really wonderful. Good job, babe. Um, he talked about like, we have to live differently than the way our culture is going. How will they know that we're different than them? Jesus's way is counter-cultural to what we are living in now. I think we know that, but it can be really hard when it actually you start feeling it. As you start to change your pace, you will see, you should see a drastic difference between the pace that I'm going and the pace that this hectic frenzied world is going. Um, hold on. A couple of months ago, I was able to have um, the opportunity. To, I went through a class and it was all on emotional health. And oh, I just love things like that, learning about all the deep parts and why we do things and why we don't and triggers. I know I talk about triggers. Um, not fun, but it is amazing. But they said this um, statement and now I, I think about it quite often in my life. And the statement is, the pace of love is slow. And I was like, oh gosh, the pace of love is slow. Because we know in this culture, we want everything quick, fast. I want my food fast. I want movies to download fast. I want to run through things and just get it all done really quick, even within my own emotional, like my heart, my brokenness, my pain, I want to see it and then be like, Jesus, help me, just fix it immediately and we can move on. Fix me now, do it quickly. But Jesus, he's not in a hurry. The pace of love is slow. Can we slow down with him to his pace? 
Will we embrace the spiritual discipline of slowing? In the book, John Mark talks about, he references another guy named John Ortberg, and he calls us to cultivate, this is going to be good, cultivate patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. Holy cow. Ah, I think about that and I think about my kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, that, they, they can't get it. I can't get it. Um, but deliberately choosing. Okay, so how do we slow? The basic idea behind the practice of slowing is this. Slow down your body, slow down your life. And if we can slow down both, the pace at which we think and the pace at which we move our bodies through the world, we can slow down our souls to a pace at which they can, and this is from the Bible, Psalm 34, that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Slow down. So John Mark Comer, at the, towards the end of the book, so I hope I'm not giving away the end if some of you are still in the middle of it, um, but he lists 20 ideas or 20 practices or suggestions, let's say, of what he has done to slow down his life. So these are just a few of them. I'm, like I said, there's 20. I'm only giving you like five today, four. He says to get into the longest checkout line at the grocery store. Don't go through the self-checkout. Be like, oh, okay, I have five items. I'm going to go here. No, he says, go find the longest line and get in that one. I was like, okay, okay. And then don't get on your phone. Just kind of look around. He's, he's awesome. Um, and then he says, keep off your phone until after your morning quiet time. So when you wake up, he even says, put your phone in a different room. I'm not there yet, but, um, and so that when you first wake up, you're not grabbing your phone, seeing what's on Twitter, seeing what's in the news, even checking the weather. He, he's asking, he's suggesting that we wake up, we get quiet before the Lord, whether that's through prayer, meditation, silence, listening to a song. After we spend time with Jesus, then we're like, okay, I feel settled. I can now go grab my phone. He talks about walking slower. I was like, what? This is, for our family, we, uh, we all walk very fast. Ryan, he, he has long legs, so we all just keep up with him. I'm like, hey, wait. And then the other thing he says is drive the speed limit. He had a couple, <laughs> drive the speed limit. And then he has a couple like within a, about the cars of like coming to a complete stop at a stop sign. Now you guys, this is, okay, so personally, this is kind of what I've been, ugh. So reading through them, I was challenged to try and start putting some into practice. And for me, the Lord uses a lot of like physical aspects to speak to me about spiritual things. So what is true in the physical is true in the spiritual. And so looking at, as I read through that book and I was like, okay, I think I, I think I could do some of these. You know, I really want to start practicing some of the slowing and, um, and so I was like, oh, okay. So I was decided I'm going to start driving the speed limit. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Oh, so I was like, okay, this should be easy. This is like, I'm a law abiding citizen. 
I, I, I like to follow rules, so I get into my car. Now, I will tell you, I have gotten, um, I don't know how many, but I've, I've gotten some speed tickets. <laughs> and, you know, uh, traffic tickets. And so this is a part of my life that I just get in the car and we just move. We're like, we are going somewhere. And, um, <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I'm usually always late. Um, so I got in my car. I was like, okay, yeah, we got this. So I get in my car. And then all, I'm realizing, holy cow, the pace out here is crazy. People are driving fast. I, I, I guess I drove a l- really fast to compare to the speed limit. There's no one's going to give me a ticket just for being honest, right? Um, so and then I began to really notice the speed limits. And I remember like one of the first days I took the kids to school, was coming home, and I, the Lord was like, drive a speed limit. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I slow down. And we live kind of outside of Jacksonville, and we're, I'm driving home, and I'm like, wow, this is, oh, it's so beautiful. This is a nice pace. Like, this feels really good. I could honestly feel it in my body of just like, oh, this is really great. And then I looked in my rearview mirror. There were, no joke, like six cars behind me. I was like, oh my gosh. I, li- I like went to go start driving faster. And the Lord was like, nope, you are setting the pace. You can go the speed limit. He was like, you can do this. I was like, full long conversation. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I took a deep breath and I just put my speed limit down to 45 and I just started driving. I was like, okay, I stopped looking in the rear mirror because I couldn't handle it. But I, and I've, I've been trying this for a couple months. And now when my kids get in the car, they're like, oh yeah, mom's driving the speed limit. Here we go. But this is, I mean, not only is the, am I driving the speed limit, but this now affects how my time management at home, or because I, I do, I, I want to be up to places on time. I, I really do. And so I try really hard. Um, doesn't always happen, but... Um, and so now I have to kind of reorder my morning. I can't do anything like last minute, like doing the laundry, throwing something in the crock pot. I really have to watch because I'm like, oh no, I have to drive the speed limit. Like I'm thinking about it a lot, even before I get in the car. So it's been a challenge. But honestly, now I will tell you, I get in my car and I, I do, I drive the speed limit. I'm like, this is so amazing. I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm able to enjoy things. I'm like looking around, keep watching. Okay, 30. And the other thing with driving the speed limit is that you will know very, like you start seeing those speed limit signs all over. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's one right here. I never even knew that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's 25 here. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I really am a good driver. I, uh, this is just exposing a lot of, I guess, my not good tendencies. So now I'm like, oh, and it's, I honestly, I, you might think it's weird. You're gonna, it's silly, whatever. You ask Jesus what he wants you to do. But for me, I'm like, okay. And he's, it's always an invitation of, hey, will you drive the speed limit? Are you willing to slow your pace down? And so I'm now like, oh, it's 25. 
oh. And you know, speed limits are set because for the safety of yourself, for the safety of others, you know, school zones, we wanna be very safe and go slow. And, um, and so it's been, I know, silly, but been such an incredible opportunity for the Lord and me to have lots of conversations. I need to go slow here. I'm now like, ooh, and then it's honestly really fun when it's 55. I'm like, this is so fast. This is awesome. So even in that, a simple driving the speed limit, because the Lord, of course, wants access to every part of our lives, not just when we're in church, not just when, when I'm meeting with someone, and, but every part. So I have offered him my driving and it's been good. Along with that, I um, just for all of us to acknowledge the seasons that we're in. And for us, we do have four kids. We're leading the church community. There's ministries, there's events. Our life is very full. And this is not like, oh, our life is fuller than yours. Because I know a lot of you have a lot going on. And I know that those things for Ryan and I, like, of course we are passionate about our kids. They are a priority. Our church, I mean, we do. We are like, Jesus, we love what we're doing. And so we're passionate about that. It is when I add additional items into my life that are not essential for the season. That is when I get myself, like I said earlier, or my heart into trouble and I'm overstretched. I'm overcommitted and people don't want to hang out with me. So I don't want you to feel, um, I don't want you to feel shame because you might be busy, but what if you're busy for the right reasons? And that's okay. Like this season, yes, there's a lot going on. And there are times that your life will be full, but, and maybe it's with all the right things that I said, and that will, we will have pressure in our life on our schedules, on our calendars, there's gonna be some pressure, but we can all be like, oh, but I know this is a little busy and things will shift. I, and it also gives us an opportunity to then be convicted if there are things that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing, that we have, um, I, I will say like wrong things, but it's not like bad things, but just we're doing the wrong things. And so I want you to, not feel shame about maybe a busy schedule, but I want you to be convicted. I want you to, to let the Lord go, no, can I talk to you about this? This might be a wrong thing for this season. Then we have the conversation. And for us within our family, having four kids, having a full life, we are, just from reading this book and some of the other books, um, we're in a season where we're like, what are we doing? We are moving very fast. And we are trying some of these things. Now, Ryan has not started to drive slow yet, but um, he's good. He's, he'll get there. <laughs> um, but we are trying to do less phones, less obligations, slowing things down. We're even thinking... Well, and having conversations about including a Sabbath in our life. How would that look for our family? 
If we wanna have a day set aside where there's no phones, no distractions, and we're just, as a family, I don't know, playing games, hanging out, having conversations. This is something that we are very, um, we're very interested in just asking the Lord, like, how does this look for us? And I will tell you this, um, because reading something like this or hearing something like this, it can, sometimes I get like, yes, we're gonna do it all. We're gonna, you know, drive the speed limits, come to complete stops. I'm gonna go all, you know, go into the short, I mean, the long line and all those things. I'm like, I wanna do it all. So I'm like, this is awesome. And then I'm like, okay, Kate, slow down. And I want to, to share with you that um, for John Mark Comer, he wrote this book and other books. And I found out, cause I mean, he's, it's pretty radical. I'm like, whoa, this is really cool. But this is something he's been doing in his life for like 10 to 15 years. This is nothing that he wrote the book last year or two years ago, and he's just trying all the things. No, these are things that he has implemented in his life, but it's taken a long time. So today, myself today, I'm like, oh, I want to do those things, but I'm doing it because I want to, and even in 10 years, I still want to be doing those practices that are bringing me to a different pace than what my culture is telling me. So as I said, we are looking at some of those ideas and it's hard. Changing ways of living that have been normal after years of one way is so hard. This kind of living is not easy, but we are willing to look at our lives, our schedules, our calendars, our rhythms, and then have conversations, whether that's between Ryan and I or with our kids, because this is for our kids too, and because we believe it's so worth it. And so I will um, end with where kind of started in Matthew. And I will have some questions for you. I will tell you the kids, I mean, we have another like 10 or so minutes, 15. Um, the kids are not ready to be picked up. I know the, what goes on in those classes and the teachers use the full time. So um, I really want to give you some space to look at kind of your life and it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And as I said, as we just kind of wrap up, we have communion um, available. They're bringing it out. And I felt because this is, we are in the second week of Advent and the theme or the focus this week is love. And what I, I love that because I was like, oh man, the pace of love is slow. Jesus came to bring his love, to bring his pace into our lives. And I thought that as we, um, if you were wanting to take communion, that you would partake of his body and think of his sacrifice. Think of what he has done and how he has poured out his love for so many things. And then also to go, can I talk to you, a few th with, to you about a few things, about your pace, about your rhythms, and to let him speak to you and adjust things in your life. So I hope, hopefully some of you are 
I haven't like pushed too many buttons for you guys, but like when I say we need to limit some things, what does that stir in you? With the things that I've been sharing, with the things that the Lord's been maybe even dropping in your mind, what does he want to say? Does he want you to slow down? Does he want you to ask about your limitations? Where can you embrace those things? And then, I mean, that could be like a big general thing, but then just even in the next couple weeks of Christmas, as we will walk out those doors and then we will have to go shopping or do all the things. There is that a little bit of a frantic, like we have a lot of things to do and that's okay. But at what pace can I set within myself that all those things, all the right things will get done and then all the other things maybe, it's not needed this time. So I want you just to take some time with communion or just by yourself and, and start to just go through your calendar, go through the pace. Do you need to have limits on your time in the next couple of weeks, on your energy, on your spending? What does God want to say to you? And then will we exchange that pace, the heaviness for his load? That is, what's it say? Freely and lightly that we would learn to live there. So um, we'll start some music. And I'm just gonna just, Jesus, we just thank you for this morning that we can be in this place and coming from all different areas and walks and obligations and that you always wanna meet with us. And so I ask that you would give us time, even a few minutes to take communion, sit before you, and ask you these questions, Jesus. You are so good. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Communion is up here, and you guys can have a few minutes.